0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations, and our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about Our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I want to jump right into it. You know, a lot of times there's some stories in the Bible that you can just relate to. You know how you read some passages of Scripture? Now, don't get me wrong. Every story, doesn't matter if it's Old Testament, New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, there's, there's some relationship that we can have in our current lives because the Bible is living, the Bible is active. And, and that's, something of, of, that's the Scripture that we're going to talk about today. But before I get into that... I'm gonna relate that to my beautiful family, and I want you guys to be introduced to my family because I have some very important and special people in the house with me today, and I wanna show you guys a picture of my family so you can see us. This is us. This is us. I, I had to save the best for last because I have my beautiful wife, Courtney, She and I, we've been married for 21 years. And then in the house, I have my lovely children, my son Mason, who's going on 17, and my daughter Sadie, who's going on 13. So I have teenagers in the house. And I tell you what, these two, our children keep us young. They keep us having a little bit of flavor. If I want some flavor, I go to my son and my daughter's in my my wife's ears, giving us a little flavor. So thank the kids for helping mom and dad out. And I wanted to show you this picture because now I'm officially in the family of New Iberia because we've been exchanging going in our photo album so not, now I'm officially a family member right now okay you guys good with that can I be in you guys can I be in the family I'm in the family well if you can turn with me I, I want you to turn with me to John the fourth chapter and I want you to go starting with verse 3 all the way to verse 15 and I'll then I'll pick up at John 4 28 through thirty, And I want you to follow along with me. Starting with verse three, so Jesus left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria. And I want to repeat that in Opelousas, we have to put some bold, some words that's highlighted because sometimes we might not get it so you know in the bible when you start to highlight some things i need to come back to this because i just don't get it and and i know it's a part of my life that i i need to just reflect upon so if you have your your bibles or if you have your apps out you might want to highlight these words as well and then after this sermon after this message i want you to go back to it okay he had to go through samaria on the way eventually he came to the samaritan village of sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Now, I'll stop right there. Jesus is going there about noontime, and he had to go through Samaria. I believe in our lives, in New Iberia, in Opelousas, in Lafayette, in Acadiana, Jesus has to come and meet us. Jesus has to come and meet us because it's a divine plan that he meets us because he has something special for us and not only us, but those around us. Are you following me? And it says, it's at noontime now. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. I want you to understand, you may think this is an ordinary type of relationship or some people coming together, but Jews didn't mess with Samaritans. In fact, Jews thought Samaritans were as low as dogs. Samaritans, they were mixed with Jew and also with Gentile, and in the religion, They didn't practice complete Judaism because they brought some other elements and other religions in there. So the Jews did not associate with them. And even some pious Jews, they wouldn't even go through Samaria because they were considered unclean. So Jesus saying, I had to go through Samaria is blowing his disciples' minds. Like, Jesus, why would you ever go to those people? Most people would go all the way around so I can avoid them, right? So I can go to the other side, not Jesus. And I wanted to pause right there before we keep going is that when I read scripture, scripture shows me the character of God. And I need to have the character of God and recognize the character of God so that I'm, when I am in a fallen and chaotic world, I recognize who Jesus is. Because scripture says you will know Jesus, you will know his words, right? As sheep, we should know the voice of Jesus, and I want this to be clear in New Iberia because there'll be some confusion all around, but you need to recognize the voice of Jesus and understand the character of Jesus. Verse nine, the woman was surprised. Wouldn't you be? Somebody who doesn't want to associate with you, she's surprised, and look what happens. For Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans, she said to Jesus. You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Why should I be serving you? Because Jews wouldn't even take the cup of a Samaritan. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would have given you, say it together, living water living water but sir she said you don't have a rope or a bucket she said and this well is very deep where would you get this living water and besides do you think you're greater than our ancestor jacob who gave us this well how can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed obviously she doesn't know jesus huh but you know what sometimes that's me and you as well Verse 13, Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes, said with me, a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them what? Eternal life. This woman says, Please, sir, the woman said, Give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come and get the water. So she's still thinking from a what? A physical sense. And Jesus is bringing her to the spiritual sense. He's raising her up a little bit. He's doing the same thing with you and I. And we'll talk about that in a little later. Let's go ahead and make our way to John 4, 28 through 30. We're going we're gonna to try to tie all this together. Say it with me, the woman left her water jar beside the well. One more time, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. You know, this week I was listening to Pastor Don's message and I told him before service, I said, Pastor Don, you did an incredible job. Thank you for that message. That message really touched my, my soul. You guys are in the series, A Brand New We. That message touched my soul because Pastor Don was breaking it down as a teacher should, and he was just, I mean, we can just chew on the bread of life, huh? I mean, it was it was like. Mm. You guys must have been full walking out of this service. (laughs) It was an incredible message. And I want to try to relate some of that. And you see who Jesus is. You see the character of Jesus and how Jesus is the one who fills you. Because a lot of times in life, we're always looking for something. We're trying to get fed. We need water. We're always looking for something. So today, I want to entitle this message, why am I so thirsty why, why am I so thirsty when, when I think of thirst I think of a strong craving or desire for water how, how do you guys get when you're thirsty do you get in cotton mouth a little bit you, you get a little anxious you want to get some water you want to you, you want to be fulfilled right you want to be refreshed with water right A lot of times in my life, I mean, if I'm thirsty, I'm going after it. We don't think of thirst as much in the United States because water is accessible to us. But when you look in those times in Samaria in very dry climate, water wasn't readily available as it is for us. So I want us to look at the context of this scripture and the context of these times, and then we'll be able to appreciate what Jesus was doing. When I look at thirst, I have to first of all look at my life, because I didn't come here to preach at you. This message preached to me. I had to first receive this message before I could say anything to you. Are you with me? And when I look at my wife, I know you saw the ESPN highlight reel. Oh, we're looking good We're in some nice clothes. We look good. And many people say, ah, I wanna be like that because, you know, it's like we're on a Facebook, we're putting all our pictures there, just the best image of us, but I want you to know, in our lives, me and my wife, we've struggled. We struggled. I don't want anybody at the New Iberia campus looking at me and saying, oh, Pastor Myron, he's got it going on, he's got this. Listen, this is 21 years later, and my wife can tell you she probably, this is a brand new Myron right here. I don't want, don't even go to her after service because there'll be some stories. <laughs> you know, she and I, we met when we were 19 years old. I played college basketball at Virginia Tech. She was a college cheerleader. Now you can see how that can happen, right? And we were young. We, we weren't serving Christ. We were just out in the world having fun, taking it one day at a time, and we met each other, got together. We thought that you know this is this is my girl, and we eventually got married. You know, I was at Nichols State University coaching. We were having long distance relationship after college. And my wife was working in Alexandria, Virginia. Then she ended up getting a job at Newport News Shipbuilding, building aircraft carriers and submarines. I wasn't making anything, and I knew that I couldn't get married if I, didn't, if I was making only $5,000 a year with my, my coaching job. I was also getting my master's in business, ad, um, business administration. And she said, well, hey, I can get you a job in my company. I was like, hey, then go ahead, go for it. So she goes in the HR department, and I end up getting a job at Newport News Shipbuilding, building a very, very good job. Very good job, great benefits. I was working in the purchasing department. We were buying raw materials for aircraft carriers and submarines for the Navy. Great benefits, but I still wasn't satisfied. We keep on going. I said, well, Courtney, this is not for me. These cubicles, is too small. I, I need to stretch out, new I need to do something else because all I really knew was basketball. I played college basketball. I, I, you know, I was coaching college basketball at the time at Nickel State. Then I left, and I, I thought that my thirst could be quenched through basketball. And we kept on going, so we ended up taking another job at Campbell University. I got into the coaching profession, and, and I noticed still not satisfied. All of a sudden. I'm thinking coaching is going to be the end-all, be-all, and I'm about to get a head coaching job. So I'm thinking, hey, my thirst is going to be quenched. I'm good, y'all, for the rest of my life. I don't get that coaching job. I got the job at a university here in Louisiana. They offered me the job on a Saturday. The athletic director got fired on a Monday, and I didn't get the job. Thirsty. But when I look at this story, and I know you're trying to see, how can we, what is he talking about? Where is he going with this? When I look at this story, there are three things that really come to mind, and I want you to just think about that with me in your own lives. Number one, I think about the well that the lady went to. I think about the source, the water she was trying to get. And I think about the bucket that she brought forth as well. And let me tell you what my well was. Because I'm gonna go from the physical, how my eyes, just like her, she was thinking the water was gonna fulfill. So in, in my eyes, the well that I had, that's the person, place, or thing that you go to find the source of water that will quench your thirst. That's the well, the bucket means obtaining the source. My well was this, it was basketball. That was my well. My source was popularity and money. My bucket to retrieve popularity and money was through coaching. Am I the only one who had a well, looking at it from the physical sense, had a source that I thought was the water that was gonna sustain me and had my bucket because I'm ready to get the work so I can get that water has any of, you in, any of you in the house, have you had something in life that you've been chasing after, you've been chasing after, you've been chasing after your job, your finances, your, all those different things, but you keep chasing after those things and you're still thirsty. Now my wife, she also had a well. Her well, like most women, it's their husband's. Her source was to be loved and cherished. Her bucket was to retrieve retrieve those needs through good work. She was gonna be, what, a good wife, a good mother. We all had our well, but I want you to know that after chasing those things, trying to get water from those things, trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it, you know what it left me? I ended up being frustrated, bitter, angry, Jealous? Empty? I tried to quench my thirst by trying to do more work. Come on, men. You just think you're just gonna work your way out of it. You're gonna get to the well. You're gonna get to the bottom of it, baby. I was gonna work, I was gonna coach, I was gonna do this and that. And I tell you, one day I was so, so discouraged. I came back, we had a game, and we ended up losing a game. I was coaching at Liberty University at the time in Virginia. And I had some good insight after the game. I thought I was going to provide to the head coach. Man, I'm a, I got some stuff, coach. We, we're going to win if you just kind of do it this way. We can get it. And he's kind of a little bit teed off after the game. The coach doesn't like to hear much after a loss. And, and he just, he, he crushed me. He says, Myron, I don't need you to coach. I just need you to recruit. You want to see an ego get crushed? I've never told this story publicly. Crushed me. All that time working in coaching, I'm thinking I'm developing and getting there because I I need something. Coach is gonna bring me the fulfillment of my life and he crushed me saying, no, no, no. Stay away from coaching, you just go recruit. Crushed me. My wife, Courtney, She became frustrated, bitter, angry, empty. She tried to quench her thirst by being the perfect wife to me and the perfect mother to our children. Just wanted to drink, trying to find the way to get fulfilled. And and I want you to know everything came to a head when I was coaching at Liberty University. It seems like the longer I coached, the more thirsty I became. New Iberia, the things you've been chasing, the physical things of this world, are you thirsty? Are you unsatisfied? Are you unfulfilled? Are you just trying to work your way through it because you think you're gonna get it? Look, Look, the biggest problem was the woman at the well, she didn't know who she was talking to. My wife and I, we didn't understand that we had a Lord and Savior in our lives that had something so much more for us. And and, and so just like the woman at the well, we we knew of the Messiah. She knew of a Messiah coming. She, She knew some of the scripture, but she really didn't know Jesus at an intimate level my whole thing i was chasing 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 thinking things making idols of things my wife sometimes making an idol of me i couldn't fulfill those needs coaching couldn't fulfill those needs but i'm chasing 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 and we're thirsty i think i'm talking to somebody in the house that right now i, I think you're thirsty and-, and i think you're trying to quench your throat thirst with a glass of wine, and I say that figuratively. Wine can't quench your thirst, you're just gonna wake up with cotton mouth the next morning. Don't act so holy in here, New Iberia, come on now. We're all Louisiana in Acadiana. Some of y'all may have had a couple of sips and things like that. Now I know in Appaloosas I can talk like that, maybe I can't hear, you guys are so good. Okay, we'll leave it alone Pastor Don. We're so thirsty. But I want you to know that we serve an amazing God. How did Jesus begin to quench our thirst, my wife and I? That's the magic question, huh? It was through intimacy. Jesus met us in our brokenness. Jesus pursued us. Jesus goes right after the great wall of divide between you and him, and that's our sin. It was pride, and it was idolatry in my wife and I's life, and he went right at it. And you know what? He didn't beat me over the head. He didn't condemn me. He just met me. Somebody today's going through some stuff and you're afraid to really jump into that Christianity thing. Maybe I don't want to come inside of this church for too long because I understand how church folks start to act. They start to beat me with their Bibles. But I want you to know if that individual is beating you with their Bible, that's not a representation of Jesus Christ jesus christ is gentle he comes at you he's truth and spirit and he's going to meet you right where you are you can't clean yourself up let him clean you so when i look at the woman at the well in john four sixteen through 19 jesus went right after the thing that divided her that wall it was sin and look at what it says, verse 16. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. He said, Jesus said, You're right. You don't have a husband. For you, you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth, sir, the woman said. You must be a prophet. Blew her mind. How does this, this man is all in my backyard? Nah, come on, I just came to the well at noontime, and noon was a time that pe- women really didn't go there because of that heat of the day. She was trying to hide a little bit because of her what, her background. And people, people in the community were probably making fun of her, probably putting her down, probably condemning her. So the best time to go is when in the heat of the day when nobody was there, and all of a sudden, you got Jesus there. Why is he there? Because in Jewish times, men really didn't go to the well at that time. They waited in the mornings or in the evenings because that's the time the women went. And it says that a lot of men were in there trying to find wives. So man's going to go where the woman is. So he's waiting for what? Either early or late. But Jesus comes in because he's not interested in the physical. Jesus was interested in her. And so young ladies, when you're over here, you, you're looking for things and maybe for you, you need relationship because obviously this woman, she needed to be loved, she wanted to belong to someone, so Jesus met her at the well in her need because she has been chasing, chasing, chasing what? All the husbands and the one she was with right now wasn't her own, so obviously she had a well, a spiritual well that was empty. And I see that with a lot of, not just women, but with a lot of men. Our well, we're going to, it's empty. And we keep trying to get after get after it, working, working, working to get something out of it. And there's nothing in there that can bear fruit. There's no water. It me, see, where Jesus came at our marriage counseling session. Y'all, we had to get some stuff worked on. I'm gonna really encourage you, if your marriage is falling in the pits, work hurts your marriage harder than you do your job. Amen. And even before it falls in the pit, still go and get some help on your marriage. My wife and I, we still, Courtney and I, we still get help because we don't wanna go back to where we were before. And in this, we went to this Christian counselor, and I mean, she ministered to us. It was there we really had an intimate relationship with Jesus through her. Because listen to this, we had to confess our sins to God for forgiveness and to one another for healing. And that's all because she introduced the real Jesus to us. And although my dad was a minister, I had been raised in the church, I went to college, I wasn't trying to hear that church thing. And now all of a sudden I'm coaching at a Christian school still far away from Jesus I was trying to pursue but still far away. And it took a Christian counselor to come back and mention the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus started to heal our marriage. There's something about the name of Jesus. Frederick Buchner said this, he says, to confess your sins to God is not to tell God anything God doesn't already know until you confess them however, they are the abyss between you. When you confess them, they become the bridge. If you wanna line up with God and meet God, confess your sins. Don't be ashamed. Because Jesus knew this woman, he knew her background, he just wanted to see if she would confess it. A lot of times today, no one wants to confess what they do wrong, they wanna blame everybody else for it. I couldn't blame. I couldn't blame getting addicted to coaching. Where coaching became my god, I couldn't blame that. When I'm sitting in the marriage counseling session, I couldn't blame all my faults on that. I had to come in and say, Myron, you've got to take personal responsibility for the actions that you have and confess your sins to your wife. I had to understand that the standard that God had laid for me was scripturally. I understood. I knew this the standard, I knew of the standard, but I wasn't walking by the standard. And I had to say, you know what, what you're doing is wrong. I couldn't, I couldn't blame my coach, I couldn't blame the players, I couldn't blame any type of circumstance, I had to go back and open my heart so God and the Holy Spirit could minister to me. Jesus came to meet us in Lynchburg, Virginia. Look at John 4, 4. He had to go through Samaria on the way, and I am so grateful that Jesus had to go through Lynchburg to come and touch us. Because Jesus had a bigger plan for us. A lot of times we focus so much on our sin, Jesus, when he comes into the picture, he delivers you, he heals you, because he has a purpose and a plan for your life, so don't get caught up so much on what you're doing wrong, get caught up on the healing that God's gonna bring to you and where he's gonna take you. I also want you to know that Jesus surprised us. John four, verse seven and then verse nine, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water as we read before and Jesus said to her, read with me, please give me a drink. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. Jesus is asking for her service. A Samaritan. One that culturally, Jews and Samaritans have no part of. I was surprised because after that marriage counseling session, I started to see some things that was beyond coaching. And God ministered to me years ago before coaching. God ministered to me, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I would be called to be a pastor, but I ran. I didn't want to be on this stage, Pastor Don. I wanted nothing to do with this. I come from a Christian home, my dad was a minister, I wanted nothing to do with it, so I ran. And after that, that counseling session, my wife and I started to see, hey, we're more than this. God's calling us to service in the kingdom of God, which is not just in my thing. I, I made excuses that, well, God, I'm in the I'm in the kingdom, I'm I'm coaching these kids. But I made excuses because it wasn't about the kids, it wasn't about those young men, it was about me and my popularity and making money. So I made excuses for it to act like and try to fool God into thinking that I was doing things for the kingdom. You cannot fool God. You can't fool him. Because for me, popularity was big. Playing at Virginia Tech, you're playing in front of 23,000, 15,000 people. You're on stage, and you know what? You start to love it if you don't have God in your life. And so that becomes your thirst, that becomes, that's what you want, give me more, give me more, give me more, that becomes your source, that becomes your water. And all of a sudden, how can I get it, keep that water from coming? I didn't want to work at uh, Newport New Shipbuilding because it wasn't, I was in a little cubicle and nobody knew my name. So I got back into coaching and coaching, you know what? They knew my name again. And I'm thinking coaching is going to fulfill everything, but you know what, that was a lie. Still thirsty. Still thirsty. We were also guilty of putting more trust in other things and other people than Jesus. Look at what the woman tells Jesus in John four twelve. And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can, you better water, how can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? I didn't understand that if I just would've submitted to Jesus, I would've been fulfilled in my life. I think I'm talking to someone here today who's chasing a whale. And if that whale doesn't suffice, I'm gonna chase another whale. I chased the next job because Nickel State and Campbell wasn't big enough for me. I'm Virginia Tech, I tell my wife, I play for the Hokies. I can't be in these small colleges. Ego's bigger than my ability, huh? Then I got to Colorado State, a bigger school. Thirsty. Thirsty. You can chase all you want. You can chase all the whales you want they won't have the source that you're looking for. And I thought those sources were greater than Jesus because I put them ahead of them. Basketball became my idol. I'm trying to, I have a 17 year old son who's a very good basketball player. He's getting recruited, you know, a lot of Ivy League schools, MIT, a lot of great programs. Thank God for him, but I'm trying to minister to him. I'm trying to coach him. I'm trying to teach him to let him know that Jesus Christ is before basketball. I I want him to understand that, you know what? You can learn through advice or you can learn through experience. Your dad already paid. God has blessed you because God has given you your dad to pave the way for you. And see the mistakes that your father made so you don't come back and repeat those same mistakes so you can be further ahead. Get God in your life, son. And as we drew closer to Jesus, we began to realize the gift he was to us. John 4.10, Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, I must pause right there. This is for you, New Iberia. Do you know the gift that God has for you? Who's that gift? Who's the gift that God the Father has for you? Say it with conviction. The son, Jesus, right? Pastor Down was on, on here for the ministry moment. And we, we profess the name of Jesus. You know why? Because that name has power. Because that name gives us authority to go out into the world and to defeat the things that the enemy wants us to what, fall down in. If you're ages 16 to 25, that was my stage. I thought, I could, man, I can rule the world. I want you to understand that if you embrace Jesus in your life, Please get me, give me your eyes. If you allow Jesus just to fill you, your life will never be the same. I, I want to encourage some young people here today. Your life will never be the same. It goes on to say: if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to. You would ask me, and I would give you living water. When I started to get it, y'all, I fell on my knees. Liberty University, working at a Christian school, I was broken. I was a broken man. I felt that all my dreams had been shattered. I felt I couldn't get my wife right. I felt I couldn't get my family right. I felt that I was starting to lose some control. But thank God that I was that thirsty because I needed some, some another type of water. I, I didn't need the popularity I I didn't need the money, I needed a Lord and Savior. It was in that moment, y'all, that I fell to my knees because things were breaking down all around me. I fell down to my knees and I said, God help. And I think today, it might be one of that moment for you where you just say, God help. Sometimes a prayer doesn't have to be all eloquent and long. Sometimes I just have to say, God, help me. I need you, God. I want you, God. I thirst after you, Jesus. John 4, I'm sorry. The living water, that water that I was looking for, that water that constantly refreshes you, Is there anybody in the house who's just thirsty? Because I want you to know, you you don't have to be ashamed. The woman at the well, she came to the well, she came to the well ashamed. But then Jesus just gently starts to, what, talk to her. Hey, how you doing? What's going on in your life? I know you got five husbands. And I know you had 500, and, you, and the one you're with right now, I know you're shacking them. But I love you. I, I know you didn't meet the mark. But we all fall short, all you humans, all of us, we fall short of the glory of God. And, and I love you. But I won't just keep it right there where I love you. My love is so strong for you that I'm going to show you and put some things on the inside of you that's going to give you eternal life. And that's my spirit. That's that living water. Because I know you can't do it by yourself. That's why I died on the cross for your sins so that you can have forgiveness. But I also gave you my spirit so I can empower you so that you can be fulfilled, so that my spirit can, when you start to get all messed up, my spirit will speak the words to you that I said and bring you back. My spirit will encourage you. My spirit will be an advocate for you. My spirit will comfort you because that's what we want. We want to live in peace, right? But you can't live in peace if your spirit is chaotic. God wants to give you a new spirit. And then, In this story, the things that just blows my mind in this story, y'all, was this. We left the water jar at the well. I just, I gave up coaching. God, I trust you. God, I've been drinking on this basketball thing trying to get at the bottom to where I can get popularity, where I can make money for my family. And and I've been using this bucket, just keep going down and down, my bucket was coaching, and, and God, I'm just tired. God, I'm worn out. God, I just can't do this anymore because I'm I'm not getting fulfilled. In fact, I'm further back than what I should be. God, in fact, the longer I stay in coaching is the more thirsty that I get. Show me, God. I I, I, I want some of that water. That's what the woman said. She didn't even really know at the time what it meant, but she wanted it. And so right now, you might not even understand everything that God has for you, but you need to have this, have a longing and a desire for it. Whatever you have, God, I don't know everything about it. I don't understand everything about being a child of God, but I want it. Because I know you're going to walk with me. I know you're going to talk with me. John four twenty-eight the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. And then John 4:13, Jesus says, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life. Who's going to leave your jar at the well? Because you're working. (laughs) Come on, men. Come on, women. You're working for something. You're longing for something. You know why? Because people are thirsty. You want, you long, you search, you reach. But only what Jesus satisfies to the deepest levels of your soul and spirit. Only Jesus can satisfy that. Satisfaction is in Jesus. Fulfillment is in Jesus. Our deepest longings is in Jesus. I left one well and I went to the real well because the well, you want to know, you want the answer? The well is Jesus. The well is Jesus. I gave up one source that I thought could quench my thirst. I gave up the longing for money, the longing for fame and popularity, and now the source that Jesus gave me because I went to the well is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now I can understand the character of God because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me. And then also with the bucket, I gave up that bucket and put it down on that old well. The bucket, I no longer have to work for things. I don't have to work for the source because Jesus Christ already died for our sins. He, listen, it's finished on the cross. To receive that living water, you don't have to, you don't have to work anymore. All you have to do is believe. Well, source, water, bucket. My well is Jesus. My source is the Holy Spirit that he's given me. And my bucket is already finished. He's done it on the cross. I don't have to work for it anymore. New Iberia, I hope that someone in the house got something from the message and that you can take it and make it practical in your life. Today, I feel someone probably is still struggling with that. Someone is still searching, someone is still clawing, still fighting for some things that they feel is gonna fulfill them. And I think you're tired. And today we wanna introduce you to Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to live in guilt and shame for another second of your life because that's not who Jesus came to do. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to liberate you. He came to heal you. He came to nurture you. And when you believe in Jesus Christ and you make him your Lord and Savior over your life, instantaneously, When you become born again, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. That's why the scripture said you have a new spirit. The Holy Spirit will minister you. The Holy Spirit will give you the character traits of God. The Holy Spirit will, will give you the fruit of God, love, peace, joy, long suffering. Don't we all want that? but you don't get the fruit of the spirit unless you have the spirit. And so today, if that's you, if you say, I want to know Jesus, I want to be born again. Nicodemus told Jesus, how can I be born again? Do I have to return to my mother's womb? No, Nicodemus was looking at things from a spiritual side. Jesus wants to uplift us. Jesus wants to talk to us about the spiritual side. It means you're born again having a new spirit because we were first born of Adam. Now we're going to be born of the son with the new spirit and we are free. It's as easy as ABC. First you have to admit that you're a sinner. I talked about confessing. Take away the abyss that's between you and God or that big well that's separating you from God, that big water that's separating from you from God. Confess your sins so that it can be a bridge where Jesus can meet you today. Confess your sins. Be believe that he's your Lord and Savior. Admit your sinner, believe, confess. Admit, believe, confess. Not only did he die on the cross for your sins, but you want to repent of your sins. And repent just means to turn around, turn around, change of mind. I'm not going to do the old things that I used to do. And if that's you, nobody's looking but me. If you want to be born again, you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you want to start walking with Jesus. Can you just raise your hand? Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Those of you, you can put your hands down, those of you who raised your hand, it's not of your own doing. It's the Spirit of God that's been working on you. And you're not, your salvation is not just at this moment. I believe the Spirit of God's been working on you for a while. And we want to join with you to say a prayer. Obviously, the prayer doesn't save you. The the prayer is just you saying that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And we're going to say that with you because the Holy Spirit has been working with you been working with you been working with you and I believe the Holy Spirit has just brought you up to say that today is the day that I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ so Noah Berry can you can we just join our faith with everybody who rose their hand can we join our faith with theirs and repeat this prayer dear Lord Jesus I believe you're the son of God I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. And I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with our Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it costs me. And I declare that God is my Father, Jesus is my Lord, the Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen.